0: Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slade's Parenting Podcast, for Monday, January 16th, the Summertime Already edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slay's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 9 and 3 quarters, and we live in Los Angeles.
1: I'm Zach Rosen. I host a different show called The Best Advice Show, and I live in Detroit with my family. I'm the dad to Noah, who's five, and Ami, who's two.
2: I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's 8,
0: and Teddy, who's 6. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Today on the show, we're responding to a letter that was somewhat shocking to us. It seems like we just made it to the end of winter break, and somehow it is time to start making plans for summer activities. So whether we're ready or not, we're going to try and help our letter writer structure her summer with her little ones so they can make the most of their time together. We're also going to do a round of everyone's favorite recommendations where we tell you what we're loving right now. And then we'll wrap up the show by digging into our mailbag. See you back here in a second. We are back and ready to hear our listener question, which is being read, as always, by the lovely Shasha Leonard.
4: Hi, Mom and Dad. I'm a first-time mom and had my daughter in April of 2022. I'm a teacher, so I will have the summer off to be with my daughter. I'm both looking forward to this and dreading it. The winter break reminded me about how I do my best when my time is structured. I live in a place with lots of outdoor activities, and I love hiking, biking, gardening, etc., Do you have any suggestions on how I can structure my summer so I don't go crazy? I'm planning on finding mom and kid meetups, like at the library, and going to those. But what else can I do to fill my summer? Thanks. Needing a structured summer.
1: What else can I do?
4: I love a good structure to sing. <laughs> to so I,
2: I, this is like, oh, I have so many ideas. I do want to say, though, if you are listening to this and you're thinking summer is so far away, summer camp registrations largely open in February. Many of them oh, yes. book the first week that they are open. This is wow. consider this your public service announcement to Google best list of summer camps in my area right now or if your kid is at daycare child care school that they're going to continue at look for that email that's coming because when you miss those things it's terrible so that's my advice to everyone else this um letter writer has very a, important has a, a baby but but i feel like i just sent an email to my friends being like okay guys what camps are we doing what how are we doing this like all of that kind of stuff I think when you have little ones, the day can really get away from you, especially when you're used to a routine. So first think about like what does your normal routine look like? What time do your kids normally wake up? What time do they normally go to sleep? Because I think all of that shouldn't really change over the summer. Maybe it flexes a little bit, but largely with kids, the best thing is keeping some kind of routine in terms of their hours, especially with little ones. So like if you're midday napping, that needs to be part of your structure. My favorite thing to do over the summer, and I didn't make this up, but I made up what our activities were, is like to go on Pinterest and look for summer weekday themes and this is what I did and I would invite people to join me and uh, eventually we had kind of a group that would do this but like for example Monday would be make it Monday and every Monday we would do some kind of craft we would make mm. something. Take a trip Tuesday. <laughs> this is going to stress some people out. If this stresses you out you do not have to do this. This is for people that want to do this and if you're not doing this you are not about your, your child's summer is not ruined. This This was more about me and needing something to do we did Water Wednesday which was always a crowd pleaser. Thoughtful Thursday which is where we did something for like the theme of the activity was to do something for someone else so service or just even making cards to send to grandparents like whatever it is something thoughtful and then friend friday there's lots of You know, examples of these, if these don't fit you, like there's field trip Friday and there's, I don't know, uh, technology Thursday, like whatever you want that to be. Uh, That just gave me some structure. I also, when the kids were little, did a like stroller strides mom exercise program that was more focused on like, getting somewhere together, less on the exercise. Like we just happened to all be walking and talking. And that was really great. Cause it met like at the same time at a park every day, I made friends and then we could go do one of these things after that. So like, if your library story time is Wednesday, we would like go to the stroller strides, walk around, talk, right? And then we would all go to library story time together. And it just gave me that community too. I think when you're planning this, your daughter is little, it is important that you feel fulfilled and like what you're doing. So if Mm -hmm. you are looking at this activity and like that doesn't seem fun or it's too much stress to set it up, don't make those your things because this is as much about keeping you entertained at this age and being around other families, other parents, other kids, right? So um, finding those things, finding people that can do those with you. But I do say, like, start doing that research now, have a plan, because otherwise, you're going to get out of school, you're going to think like, okay, I'm I'm exhausted, I'm going to take a week, and then it's like, okay, well, I didn't join the summer whatever program, and now it's too late, right? Like, are is there a pool that you're going to go to? When does that open? Because sometimes, I don't know where you live, but in Colorado, like, the pool season is short, and so if you're three weeks in, then it feels like, well, now I don't want to join because I missed three weeks and I only have four more weeks. Like all of those things start to crop up. So I think it's good to start thinking about this, um, start kind of putting a plan in place, start finding those mom groups now and seeing if you can build some of those relationships just on weekend walks or hikes or, or things like that. There are tons of meetups for moms that like to hike and moms that like to go do stuff and just kind of say like, who would be willing to do this in the summer every Wednesday or most Wednesdays, right? And then afterwards we'll go get coffee or um, have a play date or, or whatever that looks like.
1: Oh, great ideas. Additionally, you should be really proactive about figuring out a way to get someone else to watch your kid at some point regularly if possible. I don't know if you have a partner. I don't know if you have family or friends in town, but you need to like get some you time this summer too or else the summer is just going to feel like even more stressful than a job perhaps, depending on who you are. Like If my kids didn't have anything going all summer, and I was responsible to be there, their programming all summer, I would feel super overwhelmed. So like every Tuesday, see if you can get, you know, your pal or your mom or whomever to watch your kid for a couple hours. So you can actually like go to the pool and fall asleep. Because that's also gonna help you recharge a bit to get back into um, all the fun stuff that Elizabeth, you just mentioned that all sounds great. But I mean, I think um, interspersed with some solo time would be even more ideal
2: wait, you don't have to spend all your time with your children?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please, please let the answer be no. Yeah,
0: that's very huge, especially at that age. You don't have to have this super busy schedule um, to keep a baby occupied, and you don't want to burn yourself out trying to keep a baby occupied because – she's going to have a limited capacity to experience them herself, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of this is for you. So on one hand, Mm -hmm. do things that you enjoy. You can go shopping. You can go to your favorite coffee shop and read a book. You know, you can run errands. Like, you can take care of things um, that you've been meaning to do and just haven't had time because you've been in the house with the baby. You can go take those, you know, boots back to Sears or whatever. Like, you can do all that stuff. You can go to the library and other places that have like parent meetups and things like that, and you can make playdates. But ultimately, like the baby is going to keep you busy between feedings and diaper changes and naps. Um, So there will be days where you all might get up and hit it early and be on the road until 4 or 5 o'clock. And there may be other days where you realize that It just feels better being in the house. And that's okay, too. Well said. A
2: one-year-old is still hopefully taking that long afternoon nap. And so
1: I Mm -hmm. think if you
2: want some, like, structured um, time, like, feel like you have a plan for that hour i'm the same way in that like if i don't have a plan i will feel like the hour or the two hours that they napped right got away from me and then i feel unsuccessful um so if you can say like this is the time i'm going to read this book that i want to read or this is the time i'm going to watch this show that i feel inappropriate watching (laughs) with my one-year-old um which i mean they don't know what's going on so it's totally fine but this is time i get to spend on me and i have a plan for that time if you like to cook like cook then like make those preparations so that that time in the house feels valuable, whether that is that you are doing nothing or that you're doing something productive. Like both are completely valid choices to just feel like this is the hour where nobody is touching me and I'm just going to lay here and quiet. That is great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate the, the very short window of when your kid will actually just sit in the stroller without, fighting to get out of it if you're still in that window really take advantage of it like go to like a part of town you haven't seen before get a good coffee get a good podcast going and just like take your own nice little walk like that's that's dreamy time to me um and so if your kid is willing to just sit there they are at your mercy and you can kind of i mean they're they're at your mercy regardless but you can have you time while they are sitting in the stroller. Yeah, this
2: is a great time to like hike, bike, all that kind of stuff, right? Where mm-hmm. you can just safely pop your child into some kind of carrier thing with you and go do the thing you like. Yeah. And they're like, "Ooh, I'm I'm with my parent, and like new things are flashing by yeah, me, just looking
1: around." Yeah, I <laughs> don't know
2: the words. I'm bored or mom, 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 mom. Right?
0: Yeah. No, everything is magical and exciting and so interesting. You really don't have to do much to entertain a one-year-old. True. Well-structured summer. We really appreciate you writing in. Uh, we'll have to check back in a few months to see how things are going. And everyone else, let us know: Are you planning for summer yet? Are you looking at camps? Planning some travel? Shoot us an email and share your summer plans, mom and dad, at slate.com. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. We're going to take another quick break and then you can join us back here for recommendations and our mailbag.
3: This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic and finding the perfect Mother's Day gift. It's not exactly a no brainer until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.
0: It is finally time for recommendations. Elizabeth, what are you recommending? Okay, I am recommending what for me has
2: been a parenting game changer, which are these loop earplugs, which were all over my Instagram. And I was like, what is this? I'm not into this. And then another mom here, um, I noticed she was wearing them and I was asking her about them. So basically, they are really, really comfortable earplugs, Hmm. but they limit the volume so they don't shut everything off I'm not exactly sure how they work but I can still completely hear what's going on but it is like someone has just turned the volume dial down and I am someone that gets very overstimulated by too much noise and so like if I walk into a room and the kids are trying to talk to me and like they have a podcast on or they have a like the tv on or something it's it's all just like too much my brain um can't function or if the room is really loud I will just notice that I'm I'm more likely to snap at someone or 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 be really frustrated over something that I normally wouldn't, because I already feel so overstimulated. And my solution to this in the past to the noise was like to wear headphones and listen to my own thing um, to drown it out. But the problem was that kind of took me out of the the whole scenario, right? So I'm like listening to my podcast and doing something, and the kids are in the room, but I I know they're there, but I can't really hear them. This just like dampens the noise. They they do have ones that create complete silence, but I have these ones called the Engage. They're super comfortable. I brought. This to vegas and wore them a bunch of places there too like when we were just in loud places and i just feel like i'm able to be a better parent in some of these scenarios because i'm not overstimulated and so i'm able to be there for the kids and it's just been a huge help hmm. being a calm not overly um hyped up parent at home with a lot of noise
1: very cool i i'm checking them out i like that there's a bunch of different color options they're kind of cool yeah they're cute yeah what color do you have
0: I got just like a clear. Nice. Very cool. Zach, what about you?
1: I'm going to recommend making your own soup stock. Um, Mm. It's so easy. You can do it with whatever you have lying around. If you bought like a bag of carrots and you already use most of them, but you have like that one left and it's kind of soft, but so you don't want to like eat it raw, but you don't want to waste it. Throw that in there, throw that half an onion, throw that fourth of a pepper, throw the eighth of a garlic clove throw the dill sprig and next time you're making soup you're gonna have a nice flavorful rich stock um, and and so when you make it you can you know use it right away if you want or you can freeze it I just made such a delicious chicken soup stock the other night after having roasted some chicken I kept all the bones and then threw those all in a pot of water with some like dried mushrooms and dill and garlic and onions and made a, a nice like leek chicken rice soup last night with that stock and there's something about making your own stock you know you feel super resourceful and not wasteful for using your discarded stuff but each stock is is totally unique from the next one because it has its own combination of whatever you have lying around in the fridge you're going to save money you're going to feel good about yourself and you're going to feel like uh, martha stewart
2: I love this. It's going in the Mattach cookbook.
1: Going in there. I'm really pushing this. Really pushing the cookbook.
0: the cookbook. Zach, do you save the fat too? Like some of the, or Ooh. some of the broths? For, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the fat from the runoff from the chicken. I haven't. Chicken. But
1: tell, me, tell me more.
0: Yeah, I've done that. I've made soups where, you know, there's all the fat that comes off of the chicken, uh-huh. you know, and it stays in the pot if you've kept the chicken in a pot or whatever. Right. So I've used that in soup. Gives it a nice richness. Um, How do you store I have, it? Uh, in uh, Tupperware. Uh-huh. You know, um, I have it for just in the mm-hmm. fridge. Yeah. I don't usually keep it too long. It'll okay. usually be a few days after we've had the chicken Um, or turkey, because I've done this with like turkey legs and turkey thighs. I've kept some of the fat and some of the skin and I'll take the skin out, but it keeps a lot of flavor. And I've also found that like keeping, there's got to be a name, is there a name for it aside from the fat? Is it just called the fat? I feel like there's some name for the drippings that you get from meat aside from fat, but... I also use them in vegetables sometimes too. Yeah. So like greens, a little bit of meat and a little bit of the fat.
1: Nice. Is schmaltz the good. word you're looking for?
0: Maybe it is schmaltz. Schmaltz
1: is I think of the Yiddish word for uh chicken okay. fat. Okay. It's fun to say.
0: I likes to cook with the schmaltz.
1: Nice. <laughs> and what's your recommendation?
0: I am recommending a crazy docuseries, not child-friendly at all, uh, that I watched on Netflix recently called Don't Pick Up the Phone. And it's about a pretty horrifying string of crimes that took place. uh, I guess the first ones would have happened in the 90s, but the main um, incidents that are covered in the documentary took place around 2004, where someone calls, um, and this was done like, Over 30 times across the country, um, usually in small towns, what, what would happen is that someone would call a fast food restaurant pretending to be a police officer, and they'd say, hey, I've got somebody from your restaurant's corporate headquarters with me, and we've got a problem. A customer had a wallet stolen, and we suspect that one of your employees did it. And then they would give a vague physical description of some, usually a young woman, And the manager whomever would say like, yeah, I've got them right here. And it led to these crazy strip searches and in some instances, sexual assaults where these people were completely violated all under the auspices of a police officer is on the phone talking, you know, my manager through this investigation you know so we got to check them to see if they've got the stolen contraband on them they've got to take all their clothes off they've got to do jumping jacks i mean it's just really incredible what people were you know on on all sides and usually the victims were very young girls you know some of them 17 19 but what people were willing to do because they thought a police officer was telling them to do it it's very disturbing but it's an interesting watch
1: don't pick up the phone
0: don't pick up the phone. Huh. I'm scared. Yeah, it's Jeez. so scary. Wow. No, it's super scary. Very scary, very scary. All right, well, we're going to wrap up today with a follow up letter. Uh, last week, we answered a question about a little kid using bad words and directing them at his parents when he's angry. Then we got a request a few days later asking for additional advice.
4: Hi, Mom and Dad. Thank you for your recent response to a question about a younger kid calling parents' names such as stupid. I found your is very helpful for times when my daughter is angry or upset, even though she's older than the kid in the question. However, I'm currently struggling with an eight-year-old who hits, kicks, and calls me names when she's not angry or upset. My response is to let her know that this is not okay in what feels like every way I can possibly think of. I've tried responding calmly, I've tried connecting, and I've tried responding angrily. But no matter how I respond, it doesn't seem to register with her at all. I have two simultaneous reactions when this happens. One is not good, but the other I think is totally reasonable. The first not good reaction is to think, this behavior obviously means that I have not prevented her from turning into a psychopath, and she's well on her way to that destiny as an adult, and as such, I now need to freak out. So I stomp out of the room. But the other response, which I feel is actually kind of reasonable to think, is if someone is hitting and kicking and calling me names and refusing to respect the boundaries that I am setting, then I don't have to stick around and put up with it. So I stomp out of the room. This all, of course, feels wrong after the fact. But if talking doesn't work either, what should I be doing instead? It feels like anything less than leaving the room is a big neon sign saying this is no big deal. And yet it continues. Oh, please help.
0: Thank you. Wow. Um, this is difficult, Elizabeth. What do you think?
2: Well, I just so much of this rings true with kind of our, our early days with Henry before we understood that he had pandas, which is uh, autoimmune encephalitis and swelling of his brain, which I've talked about many times. And so that leads me to provide the advice to say it is not you. Setting a boundary is very good. But when kids react like this, when adults react like this, right, what we know is that it is their inability to know how else to deal with some kind of big feeling. Um, And it doesn't always have to be anger, right? Like any feeling can feel really big. I suspect that something else is going on. And I think that this is a conversation that you need to have with your pediatrician, that you probably need to have some labs run, you need to meet with um, a therapist, (laughs) you may need an occupational therapist, all of these evaluations to get some more information. Um, And I say that because when we talked about it being a young child, that seemed like, okay, they're using their words to express their anger. Um, They may not know better, we're learning, we're helping them set those boundaries. this age, one, it's not about the anger anymore. You're saying it's happening all the time. And two, they clearly know that this is not how you interact with someone. And so I just really encourage you to get some more information and find out what is going on. And it is so hard. I mean, I think I've cried on the show a few times talking about how much we as parents internalize this stuff and think like, well, I did this, or it was because I'm not enforcing these boundaries, or I don't know what I'm doing. And to just, you know, hear like, hey, there could be something else going on that you have no control over that you don't know about. But now that you are seeing the signs, who else can you bring onto your team to give you some more information? For me, it was so hard to go into a doctor and say, My child is acting this way because it felt embarrassing that like Mm. I had caused this. And so I just really encourage you to to have an honest conversation with a doctor that you trust or call up a new therapist that says they do anger management in children or preteens and say, this is what I'm dealing with. It seems outside of the normal and I need help. And I just really think that, that they can get you help that you need. And it may be like maybe the solution is that you need some coaching in parenting an individual that is doing this. And that is okay. The most helpful thing that my our therapist used to always say to me is that this is extra parenting. There's like parenting that everyone does. And then when you have kids that have certain things going on, this is kind of like extra above and beyond the call of duty. And you should not feel bad asking for more teammates and asking for more more help in any of these situations. So I just really encourage you to get, get some more um help. And in the meantime, set those boundaries, keep yourself safe, uh, try to stay calm. And and if you have to go, I used to post something in the bathroom that I would go into that just said, like, you are a good parent, you are loving, and I would go in there and like read that just to reset myself so that when I reentered the situation, I was calm. Like, this isn't about you. This is about their emotions and something they're going through. So how can I be an empathetic, loving parent in this moment to a child that is clearly struggling?
1: What did we do before occupational therapists?
2: I love art. I, it's I like
1: it's such an amazing um like evolution in human development,
2: especially with kids. like when you think about their occupation is to like play and learn to be good humans. And there is a lot of things
0: that they need help with
2: along yeah. the way,
1: yeah, so profound,
0: yeah, I think what I have is a complete cosign of that you deserve some support. You and your child both deserve to know what's going on. And I think you need to have all the information so you can proceed.
2: Jamila, I, I think she should write down. You deserve support. You do you everyone out there. You deserve support. And that was such a lovely
0: way to put it. Thank you. Well, letter writer, we appreciate that you wrote to us. We're wishing you all the best. And for anyone else listening, if you ever hear anything on the show where you want additional advice or even have advice of your own, we're all ears. You know what to do. Send us a voice memo or email to momandad at This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Mara Curry. For Zach Rosen and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening.